Hello. Thank you for downloading this Downtown Hope Sermon Podcast. We're a faith-based community in the city of Annapolis, Maryland, orienting our lives around Jesus and exist to see the people of our city, region, and world thrive with the hope found in his gospel. Now, please enjoy the Sermon Podcast. What uh, an incredible truth uh, to pray to the Lord that it is well with our souls. That's just good news. I love that. Uh, Just there's nothing more to say. It is well with our soul. Uh, My name is David. I have the gift and joy of serving Downtown Hope as one of the pastors and uh, just glad that we can gather as a family both here, uh, our family and friends online for us to center our attention on Jesus. A downtown hope exists for this reason. We believe that Jesus changes lives, that he's transforming lives, and that process of transformation that has taken place uh, prayerfully with each and every one of us doesn't just impact us, but it impacts the city we live in, the world we live in. We want to see the nations uh, radically transformed because of the truth of God's love demonstrated through Jesus Christ, and we do that, practice that, and experience that in many ways. Uh, one such is just by gathering and as a family, just centering our attention on Jesus. Uh, we also do that through uh, meeting in communities. We do that through church planting. And so Isaac uh, shared last week uh, the College Creek Corridor where he is planting a church. And the prayer request sent out to us was to be praying specifically uh, that uh, the church can meet at the school. What was the name of the school again? Moss Adams Academy. I was going to say Mason Academy, but that doesn't exist. Moss Adams Academy. So uh, you had a meeting with, this is just an update. They had a meeting on Thursday. And so keep praying. Seems like, you know, the Lord is doing something. So we're just trusting the Lord in the process. So just, could we just continue to pray uh, for Isaac and the team? And again, as we mentioned uh, last week, I forgot to mention the email address, but if anyone here is interested in hearing more about the church plant, getting prayer updates weekly. He sends them out. You can email Isaac at Isaac at collegecreekchurch.org uh, and say, take note of that so that we could be praying with them uh, as we seek to see the gospel floors in the College Creek Quarter. For anyone that forgot, maybe, or wasn't here, if you want to know where the College Creek Quarter is, it's right across the street <laughs> so, so, and that way. So we're just excited to see what Jesus does across the street. Amen. Uh, this week, if anyone was in town, uh, was very uh, exciting. It was the commissioning week uh, for the midshipmen. And so just glad that uh, we could have that celebration. The Blue Angels thundered in the air, uh, and it was quite the experience. So what do I invite us to do? We've been using this time as a time to intercede and to pray, oftentimes called prayers of the people. But I just would like to invite us to pray for our midshipmen, those that were commissioned that God would just be, uh, be with them, watch over them, their families, um, and just in this next season of their lives, just God would do something great. It was uh, kind of interesting. Uh, I think it was with you, actually, with Isaac. Uh, we went to curate a coffee shop down there, and I, I feel like kind of famous because, you know, we've been doing online gatherings, and so you never know who's seen you, and I've never seen them. <laughs> so I'm in this coffee shop. And uh, there's a mom of one of the midshipmen that got commissioned. She said, are you David? I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Yes, she said, I'm, you know, they're from Missouri. Uh, Their their student is uh, being commissioned, and they, from time to time, watch the gatherings. And so just awesome to see what Jesus is doing. Thankfully, they recognize me for good reasons. (laughs) 
It was like, you're David. I remember 10 years ago, you like, <laughs> it's something. So can we just spend a few moments, whether just by yourself with the person you came with, just let's huddle up and just pray for our mids. And, and on top of that, all of those that are graduating um, in this year, that God would just use them mightily for his kingdom. So let's just spend a few moments just praying to that end. Let's do that together. And so, Father, would you hear uh, the prayers of your people as we intercede on behalf of the wonderful students at the Academy and all those that would be graduating as they uh, step into this next journey of life, Lord. Uh, would you especially watch over them, protect them, Lord, um, and just we celebrate with these families just your grace, your mercy. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A uh, quick question as we... Uh, Continue in our series through Luke. Is anyone planning to take a vacation this summer just by raise of hands? Is everybody staying home, just kind of staying inside? Or So, yeah, so it's vacation season, right? And so uh, with that, uh, I spoke to Eric and Caroline. Apparently, the airports are very crowded. So uh, take note. It's not like it was uh, a, a couple months ago. And so with that, th there's just a lot of change taking place. Uh, one of the things that I'm... Uh, I have anxiety over now, if you guys could pray with me, is walking into stores. I just don't know what to expect. Like, you know, I, it's like I got to pay attention to what's on the door. You know, because with the, the mask mandate lifted, you don't know, is this, do you need to wear a mask? Do you not need to wear a mask? So it's almost like if you just put the information on the door, then it's easy, right? That's, that's helpful, right? So you have to pay attention to the door. You can't just blatantly walk into a place or you might find yourself kind of like embarrassed. And interestingly enough, in Luke chapter 13, our attention is drawn to a door. And so I want to invite us to, to pay attention to the words of Jesus. Now, often people will say this is one of the hard sayings of Jesus. But if you really pay attention, if your eyes are open, if your ears are attentive, it's not that hard. It's really an invitation. I just want to invite us into this passage to hear Jesus' invitation. This is Luke chapter 13, verses 22 through 30. And so if you have your Bibles open up, it'll also be in the screen behind me. But I want to read Luke chapter 13, 22 to 30. It reads as follows. He, being Jesus, he went on his way through towns and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? And he said to them, strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter it and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock, and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, open to us, then he will answer you. I do not know where you come from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence. You taught in our streets, but he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God 
but you yourselves are cast out. And people will come from the east and from the west, from the north, from the south, to recline at table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some who are last will be first, and some who are first will be last. This is God's word. Let's pray. Almighty God, oh, that we might enter through that door. And so, Lord, in this moment, would you just, just fill our hearts with eagerness to do as Jesus bid, that we might strive to enter through this door. I pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in our passage, Jesus does not mince words, right? I mean, there's no way around it. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, and someone, a gentleman, asks him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? And interestingly enough, Jesus, being the son of a carpenter, starts talking about doors. Jesus says, make every effort to enter through the narrow door. This young man is following Jesus, and he's interested to find out, are only a few people going to make it? Like, is is this a small crowd? And and when you read this passage, you understand that when he mentions the few, this young man is talking about himself and his fellow upright Jewish brothers and sisters. Because Israel, of course, was the chosen people. They, They had the law. They had the prophets. They had the covenant. And so the general understanding among Jews of that day was that all Jews, except the very, 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 very bad ones, would be saved. And as often is the case in Jesus' ministry, when someone asks a question, there is this great reversal. This great reversal. This man might actually be. How's this? <laughs> no problem. Uh, so, so, so here you have this man. So he, he thinks maybe, maybe I'm on the end and, and a few with me. And Jesus, this great reversal, says, you know what? If you're not careful, he says to this young man, you might actually be on the outside looking in. So this young man limited his view of faith to who's in and who's out. And Jesus gives him, and I believe us, an invitation. And he does this by pointing him to a door. I can't help but to remember as a youngster reading the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Has anyone read that or watched that? And you remember Lucy? And what does Lucy do? She enters into the wardrobe, right? And what's on the other side? A whole new world. Friends, what if that is what Jesus is doing? Doors provide access. And Jesus, with this great invitation, is inviting us in to open a door that gives us access into things words cannot describe. 
And so Jesus, with open arms, is inviting us in. I mean, read the scripture and it's plastered with this idea of a door. Jesus says in Matthew, ask and it will be given. Seek, you will find. And then what? Knock. And what? The door will be opened. Friends, there is a door that is available to each and every one of us. Even Paul in 1 Corinthians says, a great and effectual door has been opened to me. Friends, there is a a door. You turn to the last pages of Scripture and you get to the book of the Revelation. And Jesus says to the church, I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door and no one is able to close it. Friends, there is a door. And so much that you return to Revelation chapter 4 and the angel says to John, John is responding to the angel. After this, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. Friends, there is a door. But I dare ask, do we miss it? Are we like those that walk past this wardrobe? Are we like those, the the, the siblings of Lucy, when they first heard this narrative of this wonderful world, they thought she was a liar, that they thought she was crazy? Are we missing it? Do we miss the door because we view salvation as a been there, done that thing, and so the only thing I'm concerned about is who's in, who's out? Do do we miss the door because of just the busyness of our lives? That we get so caught up doing and we start to lose the wonder of our faith. Do we miss the door just because we live hurried lives? Friends, if we just keep going and going and going, we might miss something significant. We rob ourselves of the joy that Jesus provides. And so Jesus says in Luke chapter 13, verse 24, strive to enter through the narrow door. Friends, we must all do this. Hear the invitation. Jesus says, strive to enter through the door. Who is the door? What is the door? The door, very simply, is Jesus Christ. Is that not what we learn in John chapter 10? Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. How many of us know the reality of going in and out all through Jesus? Or is it just a been there, done that, I did that 10 years ago? What if our life It's supposed to be lived in this constant in and out, finding pasture all through Jesus. And Jesus says we ought to strive to enter, make every effort to enter this narrow door. Those of you that appreciate the original languages, the the word used there is agonizomai, from which we get our English word agony. It means to strive, to struggle, to exert enormous effort like an Olympic wrestler. Wrestlers agonizomai, to win their match. And that is what Jesus is calling us to do, to agonize. To 
enter through this door. But it's not just, it's not physical effort. There is also effort of our minds. And so Jesus is agonized to enter through the door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Well, anyone who's been in the faith long enough, you, you might begin to ask, what's all this talk about effort? What's all this talk about agonizing? I'm saved by grace. Jesus has done it. What are you talking about? Do. Right? Isn't that the, 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 the typical th- thought? Is like, wait a minute. Agonize, strive. Wait, he, he's done it. Where does all this agonizing come from? It comes from the right here, from the right now. It comes in this lifetime. I'm sure so many of us know what it's like to agonize over things. I think some of us agonize on whether or not to, to show up to church this morning, right? Because all it entails, there's an act agonizing over that. But when you see Jesus as, as Isaac mentioned last week, the one who does things for his glory and our joy, he becomes, as the scripture says, the, tre- the pearl of great price. And so as we agonize, should I or should I not, we enter through that door because Jesus is worth it. We agonize in the here and now as we try earnestly to be faithful and to to remain hopeful in this world we live in when we look to our left and we look to our right. And and it's just just tough. It's like just the, the, the challenges of life weigh so heavy on us and we're trying to be hopeful. That is the agonizing that Jesus speaks of in so much that we sang collectively It is well with my soul. So we agonize as we live our lives, remaining, trying to remain faithful to our faith. We talk about agonizing at its core. I think we did. Well, I might say that it's a. It's a. at, At its core, it's a question of belief. It's a question, do we believe that Jesus is who he says he is and that Jesus can do what he says he can do? At, at its core of striving to enter is a question of belief. Why do I say this? Because that's what the writer of Hebrews says. You, you read the Hebrew scriptures, the, 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 the Hebrews were at the precipice, if you will, of, of the promised land. And what happens? They could not enter. They could not enter because Hebrews says unbelief. And many of us may never peer into the wonder of that door just because we just don't believe. We simply do not believe. And so there is a narrow door that provides access to the wonder of God. We ought to access this through striving, agonizing. But as we read this passage, there is also the closing of this door. Right? No one likes a closed door in your face, right? I, I don't like that. Like one of the things, can I vent a little bit? One of the things, thank you. Who said yes? God bless that hand. Yes, hallelujah. One of the things that bothers me is like stores have weird hours, right? I live behind the Double T Diner. You know what the Double T Diner big sign says? 24 hours. Try to go there at 3 o'clock in the morning. Closed. Because in the world of COVID, like, hours are changed. 
And I remember uh, two weeks ago, my daughter needed something for her class, so we wanted to go to Michael's. Michael's just stay open late, right? I mean, people need art supplies. <laughs> I get there, and the door is locked. That is not a good feeling. Because then I have to look at my daughter and says, yeah, we're going to have to Amazon it. Because Amazon doesn't close. But there is the closing of this door, verse 25. When once the master of the house has risen and shut the door and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, open to us. Then he will answer you, I do not know where you come from. Then you'll begin to say, we ate, we drank in your presence, you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I don't know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. There, there's something going on. There, there's, the door has been shut, and there are people on the outside, and, and I, I would just frame it this. They're trying to crash the party. There, there, something is going on on the, outs, on the other side of that door, and they want in. There is an absolute party. There is a feast. And Todd gets to talk about that feast next week, so join us. There was a feast, and so they're, they're trying to get in, and they say, hey, we, we know Jesus. Let us in. And it's like Jesus is like, yeah, those people, those, yeah, I don't know where you come from. I, I don't know who you are. And so there's this debate. They say we ate and drank in your presence. You taught in our streets. Friends, one of the terrifying things of this passage is this. Acquaintance with Jesus is not enough. Simply being around him doesn't cut it. We ate in your presence. We, dr we drank in your presence. We ate in your presence. They said you taught in our streets. Another scary thought, hearing his teaching doesn't seem to be sufficient. And you know what terrifies me the most? is the essence of church gatherings is eating and drinking in his presence and hearing his teaching. And even then, they're on the outside looking in. No one in the crowd could persuade Christ to say that their superficial knowledge of him had established a true relationship. They were strangers. And so my plea for each and every one of us. There is an intimacy with Jesus that we need. And the only way that's going to be your experience is through entering through that door. That, that's the gospel invitation to something deeper than a mere acquaintance with Jesus. The scripture says it plainly as it's a marriage. Luke read it today. There's, there's going to be the marriage supper of the land. So there is a marital union that is real between church and Christ that please do not miss out. And it begins with an open door that we ought to strive through. I've been reading a book. I would recommend it to you if you like to read. It's called Liturgy of the Ordinary. And I love it. Has anyone read it, heard of it? Yeah, it's phenomenal. What, what the author is doing, she says, many of us go through the day feeling like we don't have time for God. Like God is distant, I kind of do my thing, but, and I, I can't find time to find God. And what she says is like, we can actually become present, or God can become present to us 
in surprising ways just through the ordinary things we do on a day-to-day basis. That it is an actual liturgy. That through the normal things we do in our day-to-day, it's actually create the, the habits that we do. It's forming us towards Christ. Like drinking tea in the morning. You, you can see Jesus. Like losing your keys. I love that chapter. She lost her keys and she starts blaming, blaming everybody. She says, yeah, that's confession. I'm like, dude, I love you, Jesus. Like I can find you everywhere. So this is not in her book. This is a Davism. So what if? Every time we opened the door, what if that reminded us of what Jesus says, that we ought to strive to enter through that door? That means every moment of your life, you can be reminded of the reality of the intimate relationship he desires to have for you, with you. That when you open the door, when you go home today and you open the door to enter in, may that be a reminder of what Jesus is giving you access to. But also when you at night are ready to shut it down for the day and you close the door and you lock it. You lock it. I lock it because we don't want anyone from the outside coming in. So as we lock our doors, may that create within us a spiritual discipline of caring for those that don't know what we know. So as you close the door, you're reminded of what Jesus says that there are many Many who want to go through that door, but they are not able to. Make, and then may that commission us to be disciple makers. Because here's the promise. Verse 29. People will come from the east, from the west, from the north, from the south, and recline at table in the kingdom of God. You see, that door is an invitation into God's wonderful kingdom. Behold, some who are last will be first, and some who are first will be last. I just want to invite us to just consider Jesus' invitation that we might enter through him. Jesus says, I'm the door. And may we experience the wonder of Jesus that he so readily provides to us. Let's pray as I invite our team back up. And as we pray, uh, I just want to invite you to be like Lucy, entering into the wardrobe and just being exposed to a whole new world. My hope, my prayer is that as we search the scriptures, as we find Christ, that that would not be an end in and of itself, but that would be the beginning of many beginnings that as Jesus says, we would go in and out and find pasture in him. And so, Lord, we are yours. Lord, may you just remind us that our salvation, your work in us, isn't a been there, done that. It's not just a past tense thing. Lord, it is a daily reality to which Jesus says there is agonizing that each and every one of us must do through this door. And so, Lord, open our eyes to see. I pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.